Hey, welcome back to Happening Now. I'm your host, Hammer. We got a really cool show today, don't we, Troy? All ready. Let's go. What's going to happen today, Troy? Who's the coolest guy besides you in the room? Besides me is the uh, restaurant bar extraordinaire, Mario Marvick. Hey, Mario. How you doing, brother? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. You know, Mario, I've known you for 25 years, and I've never seen you take a misstep. You've been successful since day one. How do you do it? Well, I've known Hammer since 1995. I met him in Fullerton, and at that time, I was running my family business called 2J's Little Neighborhood Cocktail Bar about a mile outside of downtown, and just kind of grew up with um, a good work ethic. My parents were Croatian immigrants. I watched them work from the bottom up and just kind of learned from my mother and father. And let, let's talk about 2J's. That was a very blue-collar tavern, wasn't it? Yeah, 2J still is. Neighborhood tavern behind a gas station and the 91 freeway. Um, off of Harbor in the 91. And so I'm still there. It's the oldest existing bar in the city of Fullerton. It's a little neighborhood hole in the wall. And you'd never know it's there if, if, if you weren't in the know. That's a hard one to find. Yeah, when 2J's was first built, it was um, a small structure surrounded by orange groves. And then um, now it's um, been fully developed. Everything was built around it. And it's a you know, pretty cool little bar. It's a, what, what's cool about 2J's is as downtown Fullerton got developed and expanded, all the locals kind of drifted out. They, they came outside of downtown to hang out at the little neighborhood bar. What, is, what does 2J's stand for? Do we, do we know that? Uh, you know, 2J's um, opened up in the 1940s, and there was two partners, and their, both their names started with a letter J, and all there right. was 2J's. All right. Oh, there you go. That makes it nice and easy. So, Mario, you were a USC guy. And when I met you, you were still in school, weren't you, in 95, 96? Yeah, yeah I met you when I was a um, junior or a senior in undergrad, and I was getting my um, degree in entrepreneurship. I wrote my senior business plan on how to open up a restaurant tavern. And, um, yeah, I, I met you when I was hanging out in Fullerton as, as a college kid, and I was running my mom and dad's business and kind of figured it out along the way. But then you decided to go up north for a while, right? Yeah, the um, the timeline was I graduated undergrad in 96. And then I went to work for a couple of years for my father doing heavy construction in, in the Inland Empire, Corona, and Riverside. And after um, working in 110-degree weather, hanging drywall in Corona, I decided going to grad school might be a better option. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah. I went back to USC. I got my MBA. I finished in 2000. And then I went to work for Silicon Valley Bank in Silicon Valley from 2000 to 2002. So what do you accredit? I mean, I know you very well. You're an amazing guy. You're super smart. You're, you're, you're an amazing father and husband. Um, but how, do you, how have you been so successful? Most guys, like a lot of our friends, they'll, they'll get a restaurant. They have one idea, one thought, and then they just keep cookie cutting it. You're not that guy. You know, I like the um, creative side. I like creating concepts. We started COVID with 11 restaurants. We're finishing COVID with 15 restaurants. Everyone's got a different, unique name, concept, identity. I, I feel that's what creates that sense of community. That's what makes it special is the fact that there's only one, and everyone's got a unique story behind it. You know, that's actually a, a good point. I, I was always curious to who your creative designer was. Uh, I've known you for, what, maybe five, six, seven years, something like that. Uh, going back to Little Night. We used to be a Little Night, now it's the Wild Goose. And... Uh, like he's like Hammer's saying, everything's different. Everything's cool. Your design ethic is perfect, spot on. You're saying you do most of that? Exactly what, what Hammer said is most guys own a restaurant concept and they open up multiple of, of the same concept, which is great. Um, 
you know, what we do is we find locations that we like, and then we reverse engineer what the concept is going to be. Concept is currently the wild goose. We own the building. The tenant was moving out. And my partner, Andrew, and I kind of, when we sat down and talked about it and said, what does the area need? Well, you know, what does the community need? What's, what's, what's missing? And that's how we came up with the wild goose concept. And that's the same thing we did with Dory Deli when that facility came available on the boardwalk. It's what does this area need? So unlike, you know, a chain restaurant that looks for a location that would fit their brand, we find locations that we like and figure out what's going to fit the community. Yeah, but you know what? You must have some amazing engineers because every one of your places, Dory Deli, Stag Bar, I don't care where you go. Um, you've got the coolest windows, the coolest openings, uh, and just the, the appeal to the design is crazy. You know, design and engineering is kind of a, a, a hobby of mine and a passion. When I started at USC, I started off a, as an architecture major, but the um, I transferred in and the USC program is five years and nothing transfers over. So I decided um, I'm going to do a business program, but then on the architecture creative side, I'm just going to do that on my own and hire architects to draw what I, you know, what I like and what, you know, what I feel needs to be designed. Uh, I, I do have a partner, Andrew Gabriel who's heavily involved on the creative side as well. So between me and Andrew, he's got a great sense of style. He's, he's, he's well-traveled. So between the two of us, we always come up with you know, pretty cool concepts. Yeah, I remember when I was talking to you a long time ago at the uh, Goose, and next door to that was a dry cleaners. And you're like, yeah, we're going to, you know, that's going to be a part of it. We're going to punch a hole through this wall. I'll put some offices above. I'm like, okay, whatever. And it came out perfectly. It's now finished and ready to go. And it's the, what is it, a beer garden between the two now. It's just really neat design. Well, the cool thing about that is it was such a, I mean, you had the foresight, if you guys didn't know it before, uh, it was just this little teeny box. Uh, they had a kitchen about the size of a men's bathroom. If. If, yeah. yeah. And they served some great tacos, but you had to, what, buy two more buildings next to that? So um, when we took over that Wild Goose location, literally the kitchen was about 50 square feet. And to put that in perspective, it's probably the size of a, of a small residential bedroom. And then by the time you put the equipment there in the hood, it, it shrinks up real quick. And Andrew and I were, were sitting around. As a matter of fact, it was my daughter's birthday. She was turning three. And we're trying to figure out what the food concept was going to be at the Wild Goose. And at my house, we had ordered this gourmet food truck. And when we're sitting there and we're eating this great food coming off a food truck, and we, we said, you know, why don't we hire these guys to help us come up with the menu? And we worked with the actual food truck chefs to come up with the menu for the original Wild Goose. So we figured that the kitchen was about the size of a food truck, so we might as well work with people that work, work within those, you know, that, those on confines. How cool is that? Because that's an amazing menu. And it, it, it's interesting. Um, a, a very good friend of mine is a, is a bartender for you at the Wild Goose. And he's been tending bar, I think, 20, 30 years. I'm not sure. But he just recently uh, became one of your employees up there. He worked for you at other places. But he said it was very difficult because you guys have such – it's not like being a bartender anymore. You guys have this this amazing cocktail menu. Yeah, the uh, Wild Goose, when it first started, was a little tiny you know, food truck-style kitchen. And now that we made it bigger, we – built our chef, Dan Cherry, who's um, still with us from, from the original Wild Goose. We built him a, a larger, more executive-style kitchen. We um, you know, have a, one of the largest, if not the largest, whiskey selection in the city of Costa Mesa, one of the largest in Southern California. We have a couple hundred different types of whiskey. We have an extensive cocktail menu. So the friend you're, you're referring to, I'm assuming that it's Cash? Absolutely. It is yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, Cash is a legend. 
I think he was a little surprised because when he came to work at the Wild Goose, there was a lot of training, a lot of test taking. We want to make sure that everything is consistent across the board. So we don't want you to order a drink from one bartender and then you order the same drink from another bartender and it tastes different. It has to be the exact same every time. Well, he told me he, he surprised himself because, you know, he's an old school bartender and he was a little worried about this, but he came through with flying colors. And Cash was doing a great job, too. Yeah, and I was over there uh, one time just after you had opened, and I was just shocked by your whiskey and bourbon selection. And I talked to you about that, and you're like, you know, you're, you're a, you know, you enjoy it yourself. You, uh, did you even have a, a label, your own label for a while, or still do? Uh, we, we did our own label whiskey about seven years ago. We stopped doing it, but we do, but we do own, we, we brew our own beer. Um, we have the Helmsman Ale House. It's um, in Newport Beach. We own the only brewery in the city of Newport Beach, which, which, which always baffles me that there's not more breweries in Newport Beach. So we um, brew our own beer. We make the Helmsman um, you know, Hazy IPA. And we sell that at, at the Wild Goose as well as other beers. Well, it seems like you've got the Midas touch, Mario, because every one of those places that we're talking about were in the pitfall and you and Andrew show up and all of a sudden you guys are the bell of the ball. And I think one of the things that's real important for us to talk about today is you have some amazing employees and I don't know how you guys do it, but you have some very long-term employees. We have the best employees in the business. You are your people. And uh, you know, we recognize that very early on. I've been doing this for two generations. I uh, watched my mother and father come up from you know being immigrants in America. My mother was the cook in the kitchen. And I'd go to work with her and hang out in the kitchen when I was a kid because I couldn't afford daycare. And the employees were always a part of our family. Uh, we'd have Thanksgiving dinner at at the bar with the customers, with the employees. And, you know, that's, you know, we, we recognize that your employees are your business. And we try and keep people. We have the longest retention in the industry. And, I mean, we have um, Steve Darden, who's the um, general manager right now at Blackie's, he worked at Stag Bar for 22 years before he went to Blackie's. Um, the manager at Blackie's who retired on March 17th, 2020, coincidentally the same day, all the bars and restaurants got shut down in the whole state of California. Les, Les uh, Lester Bobbitt, Les worked at Blackie's since 1974. Well, he's the guy you would expect to go out with a bang. Oh, yeah, he went out with a bang. His, um, he worked there for 40, I think 46 years. And on his retirement day, the entire state of California got shut down. So <laughs> it was a party just for the bang. <laughs> you know, it's amazing because I feel the same way. I've got a lot of long-term employees, and uh, they're not really employees; they're family. And that's the way it has to be because anything that you put out, it's a reflection of of everything that you're doing. And if you if you don't have good employees. What do you have? Well, Hammer, how many times have you been to a restaurant or somewhere and you get that just horrendous service, you don't go back. And the word of mouth out there, certainly in Orange County, which is a lot smaller than a lot of people think, it makes a big difference. The word of mouth can shut a place down like that. So yeah, I can, I can totally concur on on the hiring the right people and keeping them. In fact, Mario, I was over having lunch at one of your places the other day and the, the girl was just phenomenal job. She goes, I've been here 30 days. She's, just, she's brand new. But she was bright. She was great. She was helpful. You know, just a really great uh, employee you have there. Well, I probably spend more time at Mario's restaurants. I, I tell you the story. Micah, one of the people that uh, work for Mario and with Mario, a uh, great guy. Uh, in one day, I saw him at three different restaurants that you own, Mario, because I was at one for breakfast. I did lunch at another one. And then I was at Muldoon's for dinner with my wife. And he happened to be jumping around. And I saw him. Each one, each one of those times in one day. 
Yeah, no, Mike is the the epitome of just family and a, a, a great team member. And calling them employees would probably be doing them a disservice because they're, they're they're part of the team. They're part of the family. Amazing. So let's talk about your passion, your compassion. When last year, when this horrible disease, whatever we want to call it, the COVID decided to roll into town on March 17th, tell us about something that you did very, it was very extraordinary uh, a few days later to help the community out. Well, March 17th, 2020 was a um, very very iconic day. Um, that's that's when we we all kind of knew that COVID was coming and it was spreading and nobody really knew what was going to happen. The idea of shutting down every single restaurant and tavern in the entire state of California just seemed foreign. Everyone you know knew that there would be something happening, some sort of restrictions, but the idea of a complete shutdown, just nobody knew if that would ever be a reality. And on St. Patrick's Day on March 17th, we were told at 2 p.m. that uh, we need to close all of our restaurants and bars the exact same day. Well, you know, I get bored quickly. Remember when um, all the grocery store shelves were empty and toilet paper, nobody was able to find toilet paper? It was ridiculous. People were like fighting over TP. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that was insane. And, you know, luckily I never had to actually go to a grocery store to witness it because I'd see all the pictures on social media. Grocery store shelves were empty. It actually felt like Armageddon. And um, so one of my restaurant purveyors, Paul, from Paul's Bar Supply, called me up. He said, Mario, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on 10,000 rolls of toilet paper. And because he only distributes to restaurants and taverns, he does not distribute to grocery stores. So as all the grocery store supplies have been wiped out, the, all the restaurant purveyors, some of them had, you know, ample supply. He said, you know, and he called me up just kind of <clears throat> as like a courtesy, do, do you guys need to buy any for your friends and family? And so I put a post on Facebook and said, hey, does anybody out there need any toilet paper? I've, I've got a hookup, you know, kind of a tongue in cheek post. I saw the post. And surprisingly, I got hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people that responded. A lot of people needed toilet paper. The struggle was real. So I, I called Paul from Paul's Bar Supply and said, hey, you know, let me get 2,000 rolls. Let me get 4,000 rolls. Let me get 8,000 rolls. Let me get 10,000 rolls. So I just bought out his entire supply. And there's a picture, I think, in one of the local newspapers of me sitting on a, a box of toilet paper with an entire room from floor to ceiling full of toilet paper from like end to end. And um, we we posted it on social media. And, and now the, the issue was, how do we distribute it? How do we get it out to the public? Well, some of the phone calls and messages coming in were, were, were actually you know quite serious. Um, I had a gal call me up. I probably have, haven't talked to her since the third grade in grade school. She called me up and said, I just had brain surgery. My um, entire family moved out of the area. I have no, I've no family locally, and I can't find toilet paper. So I, I, I immediately I told her to come down to Malarkey's. I, you know, I, I gave her you know, 25 rolls of toilet paper. If you need more, give me a call. And um, all these people started calling me with like serious medical conditions. Um, the mayor at the time, Will O'Neill, called me up. Um, I, I believe he donated... I think it was about a thousand rolls to the Oasis Senior Center. Uh, Congressman Steele called me up. We um, donated a thousand rolls to um, her to hand out in Huntington Beach to other assisted living homes. And ultimately, we were left with about eight thousand rolls left. And um, then, you know, the, the public saw that we were doing this toilet paper drive, and people were very concerned about safety because this is like the beginning of COVID. Everyone said, "How are you going to distribute it?" So we decided to do a drive-through toilet paper, you know, distribution center. At, at Malarkey's Irish Pub. And in a matter of two hours, we did 10 rolls per bag. We sold it for one penny less than our cost. It was 51 cents a roll. We sold for 50, we just rounded down. And we had stations lined up. And we sold, um, I, th I think we went through 550 cars in about two hours. 
I saw that line. I, I had to walk down the block and uh, check that out. That was quite a sight to see. And there was news crews from, it looked like, uh, all around the world. It actually made global news. It was, it was so interesting. I, I had friends that lived in Seattle, New York, you know, throughout the country, London. I had family in Croatia who, were, who called me up and messaged me and said, hey, I, I saw this um, news clip about you guys doing your toilet paper drive, and I just thought it was so cool. And we had all, all this... All, all these great comments and emails coming in from you know neighboring cities and different parts of the you know you know you know county. It, it was so cool to see people appreciate it. But was the most interesting part was it took me 20 years of owning and operating restaurants to be called the Bar King. It took me one day to be the Toilet Paper King. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're a real Renaissance man. There. Yeah, well, single-handedly one day. <laughs> wiping out COVID. Toilet paper king. Yeah. But let's talk about moving forward. Uh, you've got some new projects coming up, right? Yeah, we're um, opening up a taqueria. It's called Super Ponga Taqueria. It's on the boardwalk facing you know the um, ocean, about on um, three or four doors down from Blackie's. And what what kind of? I mean, what's the food? What's it going to be? We're going to do the um, you know rotisserie al pastor, shave it off the you know vertical broiler. Um, the um, concept is kind of like an old school '70s, '80s um, Cabo San Lucas, you know, you know, ta- taco shack. Eating sure. off the carts, man! I yeah. love that. Yeah, I do totally. That every time I'm down there. Yeah, very authentic, you know, Cabo San Lucas style taqueria, and super ponga. A ponga is a fishing boat, and the Dory Deli's, um, you know, next door. That's a you know fishing boat. So we kind of we're doing the Mexican version of you know Dory Deli. We're doing super ponga. So when do you expect that one to open? Um, probably the week before mem- uh, Memorial Day. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And then you've got a couple of others going on up in the city of Fullerton, correct? Yeah, we're opening up an um, Irish pub and also a cowboy saloon. Ah. Any uh, thoughts on names or do you want to hold off on those? Uh, we'll hold off on the names. It's going to be um, on the hard corner of Harbor and Commonwealth. And it's, going to be, it's an iconic building and it's going to be really cool. Lots of visibility right on the hard corner. That used to be, okay, Joey's place. Um, after everything you've done through all these years, what has been your, your the, the one thing that has been the most special thing for you out of all the businesses you creative, all the amazing things you've done? I mean, every restaurant that I've seen, all your businesses, they all, you guys turn them into jewels. What is your favorite or your most, your favorite thing of everything you've put together? Every, every establishment is like a child. Everyone's different. Some are more needy, right? Some are, some are easier. And um, ultimately, it's our mission statement. Our, our mission statement is we want to leave things better than we found it for the next generation. I, I got two young daughters; they're nine and eleven. My youngest one just turned nine on Easter, and and we literally, my wife and I, have conversations on a regular basis on what can we do today to make things better for the next generation. And we're hopefully going to instill that in our children so they can have the the um, same philosophy on on business and you know um, you know you know, neighborhood responsibility to, um, to their community so they can do something that's good for the next generation, for my grandchildren and for other people in the community. Well, I think your folks did a good job on you regarding that. And I, Mario, I just want to tell you, listen, we appreciate you. Um, thank you for coming to Happening Now. And everyone out there, listen, you got to go to Mario's restaurants. We'll have them all listed. And Mario, hey, thanks for showing up today. And everybody out there, Thank you for showing up today. So if you liked our podcast, hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time.